Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. Run to the Cathedral of Santa Maria in Bruckneplatz, buy one of the plain half-length candles and take back four Klubecks in change. Light it in the sacristy, say a brief rosary, then go to Mendel's and get me a cortisone or chocolat. If there's any money left, give it to the crippled shoeshine boy. Hold it. Who are you? I'm Zero, sir. The new loppy boy. And so my life began. Junior lobby boy in training under the strict command of Monsieur Gustave H. I began to realize that many of the hotel's most valued and distinguished guests came for him. I love you. I love you. She was dynamite in the sack, by the way. She was 84. Mm, I've had older. I became his pupil, and he was to be my counselor and guardian. The police are here. Tell them I'll be right down. She's been murdered, and you think I did it. This is Madame D's last will and testament to Monsieur Gustave H, a bequeathed painting known as Boy with Apple. It's a masterpiece. The rest of this shit is worthless junk. This man is a ruthless adventurer and a con artist who preys on mentally feeble, sick old ladies. And he probably fucks them too. How's that supposed to make me feel? Did he just throw my cat out the window? You see, there are still faint glimmers of civilization left in this barbaric slaughterhouse that was once known as humanity. Indeed, that's what we provide in our own modest, humble, insignificant. Oh, fuck it. What's the meaning of this shit? Are you fucking kidding me? Hold on, hold on. Don't go away. Don't you want to know what is the most annoying thing on set for James Cameron? Well, shut the fuck up. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. Dude, don't fucking, fucking lose my shit with live stream. <laughs>
<laughs> I, I swear to fucking God. I, I, I don't know it. how it, it's possible that it's gotten worse. I, I can hear it. You're, <laughs> I'm listening, and all of a sudden I hear... <laughs> it's like, uh, that's, that's odd. Uh, it's fucking horse shit. I know. We got to switch. We got to switch. Got to do something. It's fucking retarded. Uh, God damn it. Now I got, I got a fucking... Bust my balls over here. Well, welcome this to movie, movie Sucktastic. Thank you. Oh wait, I gotta, I gotta mute that shit. <laughs> mute what? Ah, uh, the movie. Oh. Uh, yeah. yeah. Welcome to Movie Sucktastic, uh, episode sure. number one fifty nine, in which we are, uh, we're just tackling the Oscars. We're trying to get every Oscar film reviewed before the big show. So we're doubling up uh, two episodes a week, uh, shorter ones. We can't go too crazy. Uh, and That's this right. week we're going to do – now, I, I didn't really know much about the Grand Budapest, Budapest Hotel ahead of time. I hadn't seen it yet. So I, I didn't realize how much these two films kind of complemented each other when we decided upon them, you and I. Uh, right. Right. Uh, and so we're we're reviewing the Grand Budapest, uh, excuse me, the Grand Budapest Hotel now. I do the same thing. I I, I can't. I just fumble the fucking word, right? It's just Budapest. I'm, I'm, yeah, and then uh, after the next episode is going to be on American Sniper. Right. Both films, which uh, I didn't wasn't really that. It's not the reason we did it, but both films do have a a um, strong war theme to them. Very much. So, yeah. So uh, welcome, Bienvenue. Welcome. Or, uh, or as, as or in live stream. <laughs> that was actually too good. <laughs> uh, all right. So first thing I want to just pick your brain about right off the bat. Just get right to it. Yes. Did the aspect ratio fucking piss you off as much as it did me. Of course not. Of course not. Did it piss <laughs> anybody off? Uh, not that I was watching it with. I got used to it. But um, I now, yeah, he, he, he uses three different aspect ratios, one for each time period. Right. Uh, well, one of them you only see very, very briefly, so it has no bearing on a situation. Yeah, but other yeah. than that, yeah. Uh, so I agree, I agree with you that it's unnecessary. Very and much that, so. <laughs> however, he... When you're watching the film, if you pay attention, uh, Wes Anderson is, is a, has a very uh, breathe in my microphone here. Wes has a, a very stylized and very succinct style, and he's very. How do I keep? God damn it! Sorry. And he, uh, a lot of it's framing. It's a very storybookish. Everything's very uh, centered, or you know, it's right. Framing is everything in his films, and the square four by three ratio he utilizes it in the framing of the scenes when you're watching the scenes in the, the budapest hotel in the 80s i believe it is and then when it goes back to the to the flashbacks you can tell that he's framing for four by three or he's framing for the letterbox he he it's it's all taken into consideration oh and believe me i i understand that yeah completely it still pisses me off I, I got used to it, and the fact that he used it 
he didn't just okay okay now it's uh you know he didn't pull a Schindler's List. It wasn't just for some kind of goofy effect. He he it actually at least go Schindler's uh, List was fucking widescreen the whole goddamn movie. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. I I know uh, what you're saying. Right. So so I I didn't mind it because I thought he, so the fact that he used it and didn't just say oh we'll just letterbox it it, it it everything was framed and directed for that size. So for me it was. Uh, an unnecessary artistic flourish, but still one that was pulled off and did accentuate the film. So I can't, I'm not as vehemently against it as you are. I, but I will concede that it didn't have to be that way. Well, and and I think, and I mentioned this last week too, uh, when we decided that we were going to review it. Um, I think the biggest reason why I am so against it is because I enjoyed the film a lot. Um, I, I just didn't like that. I just didn't like that I enjoyed it so much. And then every time I'm going to want to watch this film, because I, I do see myself watching this again multiple times. It's just, and I'll probably get used to it, but it still will annoy me. Be like, oh yeah, I kind of forgot about that. And luckily, 90% of the film is in that aspect ratio, so it's not like it's hopping back and forth a lot. So, it just, you know what? I don't want the bars on the side of my TV. Why Why do I need that? Why Why do I need that? I don't. Uh, not okay. that there's any no. chance of it burning into my screen, because in the newer televisions nowadays that doesn't happen, but it still annoys the fuck out of me. It now just, It does. Sorry. Besides the ratios, mm. do you have anything else to say about the film? No. <laughs> no, I, I didn't I, think so. It, it's, again, we've mentioned this no, numerous times. It's really hard to review films you like. The only thing that we can really talk about is what we liked in the film. Uh, like, you know, okay. what I re- you know what I really liked uh, that Wes Anderson did really well? It kind of took me back to Fantastic Mr. Fox a little bit. Is the, the, the little bits of stop motion that he had. It's very, very light on that. Uh, and the miniatures. He did a lot of miniatures yeah. in the film. Well, he, he's always done uh, miniature type things in some ways. or the di- like His big thing is like the whole side diagram. Again, very storybookish. It's like, yeah. Most of his films are like you're reading a storybook. Uh, so and having some of that into play, the fact that some of the stop motion or animation that was in the film was uh stylized to give that kind of like fantasy chase sequence like near the end mm-hmm. things like that uh it really it gave a flavor to the film because because again the, the whole film is a, is a story being told to an author and so it, just like um uh the lone ranger as an example the film takes on a kind of fantastic quality because what you're being told is technically a, a legend or a story or a fable and and so it it's happening within the imagination. It's not supposed to be a factual document. Right. So you're allowed to play with that, and it really makes it more. It gives it more of that storybook. And I'm saying storybook a lot, but this film really epitomizes his styles when it comes to the storybook feel. Oh yeah, I agree. Um, but I agree with you on that. That was a great part of the film. I like uh, I like this very much. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't. didn't I really don't read much about films before I see them anymore. I read everything afterwards, so I didn't. I really didn't know too much about the plot going into it. 
Me neither. Uh, it was uh, what ended up happening. I mentioned it uh, I think last week and the week before. Uh, we we were just flipping through through channels. It was you know eight thirty nine o'clock whatever it was, and we came across it. And I actually missed the first ten minutes. Uh, the the film started with me with Jude Law and F. Murray Abraham sitting across from from each other, and then. I literally saw about five seconds of a widescreen shot at that point. Literally, five seconds. And then a uh, 4-3 aspect ratio, and I just turned to my wife. I go, what the fuck? What just happened? Oh, and, I'm and, sure and, her eyes rolled into the back of her head. Yeah, maybe. And then <laughs> I, I just went on. I was like, is this an HBO thing? Are they just showing it this way? Is this how it's... And, of course, I had to look it up and find out that that's what he wanted. Um, but... I, I saw it by accident, uh, just flipping through channels, and I didn't know who directed it, but five minutes in, I knew, I was like, this is a Wes Anderson film, because you, it's undeniable, just his style, oh, yeah. it's just, you can completely see it, uh, you know, a mile away. If you've seen well, one Wes Anderson film, you, not that, I'm not going to say you've seen them all, because that's not true, but if you've seen one, you know his style, you'll be able to tell right. them all. Uh, like which ones he's done. Well, I actually, I actually watched this with Holly, and her daughter came, uh, home, got home at one point, and halfway through, and, and she uh, is not a movie person, so she walked in and she watched like five minutes, and then just said, "Why does this remind me of Mr. Fox?" <laughs> I was like, "There you go." Even every, even <laughs> everything from in a lot of the scenes, like in the hotel, like I'm looking at it right now. There's a lot of gold and orange hues, uh, and that's no mistake. Uh, a lot of his films have that kind of filter. Uh, the oranges and golds. Uh, he has a fast, not a fascination, but he has a liking to that. And his films, you know, they uh, they they take that uh, that look to them, and they're very unique. I mean, Fantastic Mr. Fox is primarily an orange movie. You know, a lot of the scenes mm -hmm. in that film have those colors and tones, and it works really well. And it does in this film uh, as well as well. Not to say the same and, and, twice. And, uh, as well. As well. Uh, I try not so to do I, that. So I as well. <laughs> um, I, one thing I don't think uh, gets talked about enough when ta when talking about... Let's both just repeat the same thing over and over sure. again and we'll be done. Well. Um, well. <laughs> well. Also, uh, it, I don't think enough focus is directed on his dialogue. And the, the, it's always a, it's, it's a masterful blend of stilted kind of like like again like verbose uh unnatural dialogue uh -huh. but always mixed in with very natural dialogue as well it's just like a, it's this weird amalgam where where like things that are said sometimes are not the way people really talk oh sure uh yeah. i mean again everything in, in the, the entire movie except for um the, the 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 very opening uh with the the older uh <sighs> What was the actor's name? Ray Fiennes. At the very beginning. Oh, um, no, no, you know, not, I know who you're talking F. about. F. Murray Abraham. F. F. Murray Abraham. F. Murray Abraham. Uh, apart from him, everything else is being told. Uh, you're being told the story of the Grand Budapest Hotel, but the being told the story is actually a story being told about being told the story. Right. And the whole thing is actually being read by a girl. So there's four layers to the movie right there. <laughs> but so Right, but, which is the, the author is uh, Jude Law... Uh, he he hears the story, the writes the book, and then they flash now, forward very quickly to him as an older well, man. 
What? I got I and I and I, and I fucked up. F. Murray Abraham is Mustafa. He's he's the the, 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 lobby, boy. the lobby boy. Right. What I was trying to say was Tom Wilkinson, who uh, okay. who plays the uh, author. Who is the older Jude Law? You see Jude Law as a young man, Correct. When he's being told this story, yes. and he later, no, no, Jude, Jude Law is a young man. Tom <laughs> Wilkinson is the <laughs> Jude Law is a young Tom Wilkinson. Now, all right, they're so, correct. They're not two different people. They're not two different. It sounds like we're discussing a memento, and but that's that's the beauty of of how he pulls this film off too, because it's not confusing in the least. But if you try to explain it, the film starts off like at the end after everybody's dead right and goes back into the book then like the story being told like you're going back further and further it's like for, it's just great but the dialogue what i started to talk about and i got sidetracked is i love uh the only thing I, other thing i can compare it to off the top of my head is like uh raising arizona uh, there's an unnatural so yeah. there's an unnatural feel to the dialogue but you never doubt that it's coming from real people. Yeah, uh, and, and and to bring up dialogue, Ray finds his dialogue the way he delivers this entire film. It's I'm surprised he didn't get nominated for a best actor. It, it's 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 a tragedy. <laughs> and <laughs> he's brilliant in this movie. So oh, and, good. But and I don't want to give him too much credit because Wes Anderson, as a, as the screenwriter, the just how he throws. Uh, the the uh, cursing into this like just this ref this supposedly refined character right. who just drops fucks left and right. <laughs> just, I mean, my favorite line of the film, the one that I want to like, I, it's like I had to rewind twice because I loved it. Is um, uh, and I have it here because I wanted to read it. Is that, uh, when after they. I don't actually. I don't want to say what he did, but they're on the train, and, and he's talking about writing his will. And he says, "If I die first, and I most certainly will, you will be my sole heir. There's not much in the kitty except a set of ivory black, ivory-backed hairbrushes in my library of romantic poetry. But when the time comes, these will all be yours, along with whatever we haven't already spent on whores and whiskey." <laughs> and the next fifteen minutes, all I can think in my head is, "Whatever, whatever we haven't already spent on whores and whiskey." That is the best fucking line ever. <laughs> Uh, and there's a couple of scenes and, in trains, and they're both good dialogue-wise. The, the whole but now, I, I, but again, I just—it's the dialogue is—it's not—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, uh, it's not real dialogue. It's but no. you never—it never feels like it never feels like you're watching something fake. Right. I mean, even when and you, I really give it a credit. To, oh, I'm sorry. No, no. See, I, I just I, Wes Anderson is a screenwriter and is a director. Uh pulls it off just because he knows exactly what he's doing with both yeah i mean even when uh, ray finds is delivering a line like, like where he's talking it, it it for most of the time it's usually another male counterpart where he calls him darling you know but the way he delivers <laughs> it, it it's fucking charming you know you, you, you know where you know where wes anderson sets it up he sets it up uh the first time you meet uh, uh gustav yeah he's with the elderly uh rich woman and he's like, you know, this this reciting poetry and just just very uh, suave, debonair. And then when she pulls away, what he describes, what he's like, oh, I've never seen her like that before. He he's, he he says she was shaking like a shitting dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like Wes, he does it right there after she's gone. It's like, okay, this is the real person. He's still eloquent, but vulgar at the same time. Right. 
and you love him for it. <laughs> He's like, you 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 know. So I, early earlier on, there's the question of uh, you know, well, did you know, like the the lobby boy asked him, were you ever a lobby boy first? And he kind of hints with with his character that he, he this is something he aspired to be. He never was right. So like he took on like like I, I guess you say taking on errors, uh, but it doesn't make the character any less um, likable or in some ways heroic. It's just fucking brilliant dialogue. And can I also say brilliant casting because I hate Adrian Brody. I I know you do. Uh, <laughs> and I knew we were going to talk about it. Uh, Scott really, really dislikes Adrian Brody. But now, but here's the thing. Let me say. Hold on. Oh, you go ahead. I'm I was going to say, but he wholeheartedly admits that the motherfucker can act. <laughs> He's a brilliant actor, brilliant actor. Uh, if you ever, if you have never seen the jacket, that movie alone, yep. like, there's no way you can watch that and then say he's not a great. He fucking he whatever he pulls everything from. But as a person, as an entity, as a celebrity, I cannot stand him. Yeah, I mean, and I especially, and I especially can't stand him when they put him in like leading roles, like in King Kong. Can't stand it. <laughs> So when he plays a completely evil asshole, <laughs> brilliant! I want more. I, I love more. it when he finally sees that the painting is missing, and he's like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, they answer him, and he's like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> yeah, it's just... so good, so good. Uh, but to, uh, um, uh, like Scott said, with the jacket, when he's when he's in. Uh, he, uh, what, uh, what is he, what is he gets put in, um, one of those, uh, lockers, like, yeah. like where they put dead bodies in the jacket yeah. where he actually goes back in time yeah. with it. In a more, yeah. yeah. Just the, the way he delivers, just the way he's stuck in there, the claustrophobic, you know, uh, feeling that he has just where he's crying just into his own hand or not actually not into his own hand, just like looking straight up and it's just brilliant. So yeah, Scott hates Adrian Brody, but he respects him some in some weird fucked up way <laughs> as well. Just doesn't like him in the leading it, well, roles. No, I just don't yeah, don't like him. <laughs> but I, I do want to bring up too. We we talked about doing later on. Uh, maybe we can do it throughout because I have to bring it up yeah. now. Uh, I want to take a look at these. And Adrian Brody is an Oscar actor. Yeah, he won so for the for the falls. pianist. Right. Which was a dark horse win. No one expected him to win that year. It was a Holocaust movie. Of course, it was going to. No, fucking but it was win. done by Polanski, and Hollywood hates him. So. No, ho no, Hollywood defended him the longest time. Hollywood does not hate him. They defended. They <laughs> no. Defended him. Is that why if he if Hollywood he steps one foot into this country, he'll be arrested on sight? Right. Right. That that would be our government because he broke the law. Hollywood, Hollywood does does not hate Polanski. They, uh, there may be some people that badmouth them, but Hollywood as a whole does not. Hollywood looked the other way for the longest time with Polanski. Rape a fifteen year old. But that's that's neither <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um. Uh. So Adrian Brody being an Oscar winners, even though he's not nominated for mm -hmm. this film, I I, I want to bring up this this idea I had where we take a look at these Oscar winning actors and actresses and maybe even directors or produ uh, screenwriters producers. And look back and say, okay, what film do they regret? Right. We're, you know, maybe they'll never say it, but what film do they look back and go, 
oh, what the fuck was I thinking? If they could go back in time and, like, kill their agent before he, th- this movie was given to them, what film would it be? Yeah, for Adrian Brody, I don't off the top of my head, maybe I, um, uh, what was it? The one that he did, uh, Son of Sam, the Spike Lee film? He might not, might not have. No, you're, you're not, you're it's not, not bad enough. I'd have, I'd have to actually look at his his uh, resume. I didn't have to. You didn't? I didn't have to because when he popped up, popped up on the screen and I saw when I saw Adrian Brody was in the film paying attention mm-hmm. to the movie but every time I saw him all I could think of was Predators. Ooh, Predators. Predators. How does he look back at that film? Uh, we're gonna get off this planet. <laughs> and not just just Which cringe. I still haven't like, seen. The, I haven't seen that one. I still st- I, I haven't predators? seen Predators yet. You gotta be fucking kidding me! <laughs> oh wow! How did how did how did you manage that? You, you know oh. what? Uh, I'll tell you how. It plays. It, I know it we play, talked about it. It plays or has played ad nauseum on Cinemax, which I don't have. I have HBO and Showtime. That's, yeah, that's not you. You can get any film. No, no, I know. So I never went out of my way otherwise to see it. That goes on the list of films that you have to watch because because. My well, God. if we're going to talk about... If, if we're going to do we this list, I probably should see it. Yeah, well, yeah, but, but we... Obviously, we. I, if, if it wasn't for the fact that we have all these Oscar films to do, I'd be challenging that to you <laughs> right now. You better hope I forget. No, you won't. Um, <laughs> that, that's a guarantee. But I, we did talk about it on the show. I, I, I don't remember if I did a solo episode about it or if, we, if I mentioned I'd seen it, but I know we have mentioned it on the we show. We have mentioned it on the show, uh, but I we, believe... You saw but it at the drive-in and, and mentioned yeah, it so, that we, way. No, no. No, no, I didn't see it at the drive-in. I, saw, I watched that at home. I did not see that yeah. drive-in. I, I'm almost positive. I we no didn't idea. review I it. I know that. I know uh, we, you, pro- you no, just No, we did not officially review it. it. No. Yeah. But anyway, I got sidetracked because Adrian Brody. Hey, so many people in this film, too. Harvey Keitel. Who, almost who, don't recognize. Would not recognize. Yeah. Yeah, I, if if I had if it had been pointed out to me that he was in the film and that oh, was I, him, I probably. I mean, would I knew it was him, him, but um, I, I I was like, holy shit, that's Harvey Keitel, and he's completely bald and practically naked, a la bad lieutenant style. Um, he just needed to stand up, I guess, which he didn't do in the scene. But I was actually surprised at how fit he fucking is for like what is he seventy? <laughs> yeah. But Jeff Goldblum, uh, Willem Dafoe, um, Willem Dafoe, uh, um, George George Clooney makes a guest Ed appearance. Norton, George Clooney makes guest appearance. Bill Murray is a guest appearance. Um, F. Murray Abraham, obviously Jude Law, Tom that, Wilkinson. So many names. At tons. All star yeah, cast. Uh, it's just like one. He's like Wes Anderson. I mean, obviously people are getting paid, but he is one of those directors that is really truly uh, admired. Uh, and this is his first Oscar nomination for pr- production or direction, or for Best Picture, I think, correct? Uh, well, I guess be, for, sure. for live action, yeah, because he was nominated for Fantastic Mr. Fox for animated, but lost, which I s- still think he should have won. Oh, also Jason Schwartzman is in it, Tilda Swinton, um, just to go down the list. Now you're just reading off the credits. I'm actually well. I wanted. I knew Jason Schwar- Schwartzman was in it, and I just happened to see everybody else as well. Most of the cast of his other his previous yeah. films, pretty much, pretty much 
if you've been in a Wes Anderson film, odds are you were in no, this that one. That is correct. <laughs> uh, it, 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 is, it is odd that I don't think he's ever had another film up for Best Picture, and he's such a... Uh, I think that there's a, a good chance of this film winning Best Picture just, be, just for one of those kind of, yeah, you know what? We've been ignoring this guy all the time, and he makes wonderful I films. He did have one other that was Best Picture... Uh, if I have to look it up, I will. But I, I could have sworn that he didn't have anything well, else. This is uh, nominated for nine Oscars. This is actually tied for the most nominations with, I believe, Boyhood. So, I mean, it, it does have a very good, very good chance go. of winning. Oh, there it goes. Yeah, you still there? I, I can't. I can't go live anywhere stream. on the fucking internet because live stream. It's, Jesus Christ! It's uh, <laughs> CPU above eighty um, percent. Mother, just fucking live stream. I'm I'm on the internet. Uh, a vast this is a problem all of a sudden. Um, okay, uh, yeah. Oscars. For, I've got I've got the list. Nominated nominated for screenplay, uh, for Royal Tenenbaums, animated feature, Fox, uh, screenplay, Moonrise Kingdom, screenplay, uh, Grand Budapest. Grand Budapest is the first Best Picture nomination he's ever gotten. Wow, and the first directing. Really. I want. I, yeah. Okay. I thought he was. Well, all right. That's fine. That's awesome. I thought he was nominated for best picture. I'm reading once off the before, list. But maybe I was just thinking of Fantastic Mr. Fox oh. for best animated picture. Probably. That's probably it. Yeah. So I I I think that the odds are great that this will win mm-hmm. best picture. Just because. I hope so. Yeah, I mean because of that. But it's, it's a great film. Uh, I had some people saying, "Oh, you'll cry at the end." Yeah, I didn't cry that. at the end. But it's it's. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. Someone tells me you're going to cry at the end. It's like, all right, then that means there's dead kittens or something. Because let's not get fucking crazy. Yeah, all right, emotions are going to you know be brought up, sure. But uh, great. Just and this is one of those films you, I, I really can see myself watching over and over again because of the uh, the direction, the, the the cinematography, the set design. What I, the one thing I loved in the hotel in the uh, yeah. the '80s hotel. Is that is it was like the, this idea of marred beauty, and you're seeing these grand rooms and all this like fading uh, decor, and then no matter what wall you looked at, there are huge signs yeah. everywhere. Like it's just right next to the just you, do not use elevator in case of fire. You know, uh, floors are slippery when wet. Just all these other just just ugly ugly signs marring the beauty of it, and it's just, and you know and it, you, it truly, you know it's it truly felt it's, like it's, an '80s. Like the motif was totally eighties. Now, working, <coughs> excuse me, in the field that I work in, I work in a lot of old buildings that have not changed their style since the eighties. Like I've seen that, like that style of carpeting and wallpaper and and walls and giant signs everywhere. It's very, very reminiscent of what I've seen in this film. So when I saw it in this movie. It really, it's like, wow, this really looks authentic. It really looks like this is a building caught in the 80s. He did, well, because it was taking place in the 80s, but it, he did an amazing job with that, um, completely. Uh, so now we're at the 31-minute uh, mark here. Um, the only thing I want to mention that we haven't touched on too much is, is again, since we're doing American Sniper right. for the next episode... Is that the film does have? There's a there's a lot about the war. G- correct. Uh, you know, it's taking place in the early to mid 30s. This time period. 
So the you know the war is just about really it's building up to that. Yeah, it's gearing up. So yeah, and and there's a lot about um, the the young lobby boy you find out is a refugee. Uh, his family was killed during the war. He's escaped from that, and then they end up dealing with with uh, the military and the invasions, and the there's just a lot about um, a lot about. I mean, like it, it's a changing of eras in how the war just kind of like swept away this kind mm-hmm. of this era and brought about the next. And the, just how the film over uh, overlaps from modern day and then goes back and back and back. It, it just kind of shows how the, the the different time periods overlap, not just on, um, not just you know from war to peace, but the overlapping styles and uh, moralities, uh, the culture, and that seems to be a major theme of the film. This just kind of this overlapping of stories and of, uh, and, and what I found was that uh, as we go into American Sniper in the next episode. There is that idea of nobility and sacrifice, mm-hmm. but happening not in a in a wartime setting, but not within the war. And it, the, the film has a very negative view of completely war, oh, yeah, because all because all yeah because all war does in the sense of this story is destroy everything around. Yeah, everyone them. is affected by it in uh, this there, movie. Not every single character. Well, but 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 not they are. But it, but not in a way that really affects the story oh, that, too much. No, absolutely. The, the, which is no, but that's that's the interesting thing about the thing. It's the the, the story is really like uh, like an art heist kind of <laughs> thing, in in some ways. Uh, it's it's like a, a crime story, but again, the, the the war just kind of frames it all, and the brutality of it, and uh, and the the brutality of the war, and and just sweeping across the country, framing this uh, suave, petite little man uh, with with such heightened. Um, I'm I'm rambling at this point. <laughs> I'm letting you go. But I'm letting you. I'm letting you go. Yeah, of but course. You know what I'm saying? But you know what I'm saying? It's like it, it, his confrontations with it too. Like he doesn't flinch in like face to face with this this horde of just death and and uh, ugliness, uh, really mm-hmm. ugliness. And he is about beauty in the in the life and in the world, and that kind of clash between the two, and how how the ugliness in some ways wins, but it's never uh, but but the beauty never uh, uh, surrenders. And for me, that was an underlying right. theme of the film, and then going into American Sniper, that, that you know that kind of plays the opposite of that. So so we should go ahead and rate this on IMDb. Oh well, um, I, I I don't want to set a precedence here, but I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to go ten stars. You know, again. it's it's amazing that two weeks in a row that I I, I was going to say either ten or if you didn't want to do ten, I said I wouldn't go lower than nine. Uh, you know what? I I'm willing to say nine if for no other reason because the the while it was an inspired choice. I don't know if the ratio differences was needed I, I or necessary with everything else going on in the film. But I will give him, give him credit for trying it. I will also give him credit for this is the one of the very reasons why people will cream in their pants over nominating it. You know, uh, although it deserves it completely. Otherwise, uh, people right. in the business will just 
they fawn over shit like this, you know, completely. They'll just, oh, he, what he was doing with the aspect ratios, he used three different ones, three different time periods, it's absolutely brilliant. It's like, you know what, the film is brilliant anyway. You don't need to do the aspect ratio yeah. uh, gimmick, as you will. Um, I know it'll probably never be released in a standard, you know, uh, format, uh, uh, ratio, I would prefer it that way. I would own it that way, preferably. Uh, I'll own it this way too because I I love the film. You, but you, you you can't do that now because it's not like he just cropped it. He framed every scene for oh, that yeah, four three it, ratio, so yes, it, it would, would ruin the I mean, film. The, what so I'm looking can't. at here, this the is because it's in a four three right now. I'm just envisioning what it would look like if it was in a widescreen. If they used the aspect ratio and just cropped the top and bottom, it would look awful. It yeah. just wouldn't work. Well, in, in, even if you ignore his his explanation about going for a pre-war feel, the fact that the whole the centerpiece of this or the 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 um the MacGuffin, if you will, of this entire story is the painting, and the film itself is kind of like a portrait, and everything has that kind of boxed, framed feel. The sets, the scenes, everything's framed. Mm-hmm. Everything's boxed, uh, and, and I I think that it's visually. It, uh, you know, drives home that theme of the, the a portrait of beauty, which is what the film's about. So, um, I I will say that I want to give it a ten, but if you want to go to nine, I will not argue. But obviously, nothing lower. The, here's the thing. Let's no, not take no, it no. forever. Even <laughs> though it would deservedly. It could deservedly go to nine because of the aspect ratio. Uh-huh. It, I found it distracting, but not enough to still not enjoy every minute of this film. So I'd be fine with going ten. I, I, I won't hold the aspect ratio against it as far of as far as how good of a film it is. Let's put it that way. All right. Well, uh, obviously, the majority of uh, re- well, not obviously. Sometimes it's skewed whether or not it's a. Uh, this is definitely not a cult film. It peaks where the mm-hmm. highest rating is, or it peaks where the rating's at. So the highest percentage is eight yeah, uh, out of ten. It's currently eight point one on IMDb. Right. The uh, the lowest demographic, uh, actually, the highest demographic is males under eighteen at eight point eight, wow. which is surprising under 18, to me. Huh. Yeah. Males under 18 is the highest percentage, 8.8. Uh, the lowest ratio is uh, males aged 45 and higher. Also surprising to me, uh, 7.8. Hmm. You know why? Because they're all complaining about the aspect ratio. <laughs> 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 why did I buy a $3,000 TV to watch this in a river? <laughs> yeah, all, all the kids are 18. Like, wow, this is brilliant. They shrunk it. Yeah, I've right? never seen this something is like so this before. New. Yeah, the... the Everybody our age and older is like, well, I had to deal with this shit back then. I got to do it again. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, everybody 40 or older is, is, is like Adrian Prody. What the fuck? <laughs> what? Are you fucking kidding me? For my love of film, I'm willing to forgive. But, you know, there's some people just set in their ways. <laughs> they're, they're worried about their yeah. TV purchase. Uh, now, I know this is only the first. <laughs> I know this is the first film. Yeah, pardon me. Uh, that we've reviewed for the Oscars. We still have seven more mm-hmm. to go for Best Picture, but I'm going to lay it down now. Uh, oh, and before we're done, you need to rattle off uh, the things that it's nominated for as well. I'm going to grab my little sheet here. 
Uh, but I'm going to predict right now that I think this is going to win Best Picture. You think so? Or I, I, I well, I'm going to say Wes Anderson, uh, well loved director, very uh, highly esteemed director, has never been nominated for Best Picture. Right. Uh, always just getting like screenplays and stuff. I think this is their chance to to, you know, do it do it now instead of doing the Lifetime Achievement Award after he dies. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So. And it deserves it, and, yeah. it, and it deserves it. That's what I'm saying. Like he, 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 he did a film that's not only brilliant as far as his directing goes, but is widely loved. I mean, it, it's a very accessible film. It's not, a, it's not harder. I mean, things like uh, Rushmore, uh, films like that, or uh, are a bit harder for general audiences to like because they're they're um, they're a bit right. more awkward. Uh, th- this film is like this is probably the most mainstream. That Wes Anderson is capable of going in a film. Agreed. Uh, you know, at to this point. So I, my prediction, again, without having seen any of the other Oscar films except American Sniper, right now this is my shoe in okay. for winning. All right. Uh, at least, at least as far as what should be. All right. So nine nominations. It's uh, obviously Best Picture, uh, which right. you think is going to win. I'm holding off on that till I see everything. Although so far. Oh yeah. I reserve my right to change. Just like a lady. My, my, uh, uh, best Achievement in Directing, which it's very possible it can win there too. I, I It has to get right. either or. It's just too now, fucking good. It's also nominated for Best Screenplay, Original. So it's got some competition with Nightcrawler, um, but I don't think they, they nominated it, but I don't think they're going to give Nightcrawler its it's due so i think it's between these two I, I don't and think i think so. this will no. get it i think nightcrawler uh the fact it was even nominated yeah. is amazing no uh, it's I, not I, gonna get it no it, this, i think it'll go to this one uh this is one that i i will call I, now that it will win is best cinematography i think that's a shoe in for this movie yeah it, it's it's yeah uh best achievement in editing I don't know. I, I never know how to judge that category. That's like some. Uh, I mean, they're well, all his films. Like, his his films like have very quick transitions from scene to scene, even in talk like back and forth talking scenes. So it's very you know precisely edited. So I can see it winning but, for that I too. Mean, what, I, what I'm saying is, it's not like we're comparing Citizen Kane to uh, like an well, Ed Wood yeah. film. It, these are all. These are all films done by people that are masters of the craft to begin with. Right. They got in there. Uh, even if they're shitty films, they're still yeah, have high production Just about values. anything can get nominated I, I, in this I category. Never, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's like they do, like they do sa- sound mixing. How the fuck do you, do you judge that? Ooh, that sounded good. Right. I mean, yeah, my 9.1 <laughs> surround really I, sounded awesome in this one. It's like, what? <laughs> A, you have 9.1. B, what? <laughs> Yeah, th- those categories, it's always like a crapshoot. It's like, I'll just guess the one I like or whatever was the <laughs> loudest. You know. Uh, moving on, uh, best achievement in product uh, uh, production design, which I think it, it could win for that as well. That very, yeah, ha- you know? very much so. A lot of yeah. detail, uh, very painstaking. Uh, and this uh, is almost detail. always a shoe-in. It, it does have some competition uh, with films like The Imitation uh, Game is costume design. Period pieces almost always get this uh, nomination. They almost always win. But this is, more, but this is more of a fan, uh, 
fantasy period piece. But they still are dressing in the time period, so, you know, it's possible it could win for that one as well. Uh, Now, this one I don't think it'll get, and that's makeup and hairstyling. I just... Uh, I think there are other films uh, that, like Foxcatcher, the the prosthetics that they had on Channing Tatum, uh, Brian, uh, Mark Ruffalo, and of course Steve Carell. Uh, I think there's a lot more going on in that. This does have some good, you know, makeup and hairstyling, but I think something else will win that one. Um, even um, I'll give you that. Well, I don't want to go into the other nominees. Uh, and then lastly, no, 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 no. Best Achievement in Music Written for a Motion Picture, original score. Uh, which is possible, but the musical scores for nearly all Wes Anderson's film, not that they sound the same, but they sound very similar. So I don't know if he'll get it for that. I mean, it, Fantastic Mr. Fox in this, the I, musical score is almost interchangeable. I, I, I don't think the score is the strongest part of his films. I don't think it's... what. His films, the score is really drive the movie. For sure. But that's also based They're on unique, who's doing the musical score. The Wes Anderson can only guide his uh, his musical score director in so many ways. So it's us- it's it's his, that, I, I that just, person's unique style, which is Alexander uh, Desplat or Desplat. I, I, I just always feel like if, if I walk away from a film and I, it, if, if I can't imagine having any other kind of score in the film, that, then that's the winner. I don't have that feeling with this film. I, I don't feel like the, the score was that unique or that imperative that if you changed it, I would be crestfallen. I think it's unique to Wes Anderson's style. Sure. I'm just saying it's it's not I'm indispensable. No, I don't that's know what score really ever is. Well, that's criteria for uh, a best I mean, picture score. A score that's, that's what I think so people base it on you is iconic films, like say maybe The Godfather. A score for The Godfather it's undeniable. It's incredible. You, you'll you never forget it. I think people, when they do these kind of awards or nominations, they kind of look and think of that. You know, it's just... That's what I just said. No, no I know. Indispensable. I, I got it. <laughs> I'm elaborating. I'm not a lot... Okay, forget it. All right. Uh, so those are the nominees <laughs> uh, for the film. I think... Uh, the nominate. I'm sorry. The the nomi- uh, excuse me. The nominations okay. for the film, nine of them, I think easily it could walk away with uh, four, maybe five, uh, including best picture. Um, and just if we're gonna do this, I the only two best pictures I've seen so far is Grand uh, Budapest and American Sniper. Obviously, I'm going Grand Budapest. When we start to review right. more movies. I will reassess. Mm-hmm. How about that? I think I'll do it that way. And also, I want to. I, I want to point out that there were no uh, no um, black actors or actresses nominated <laughs> for this film. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. You're very astute. Yeah, mm. I, I noticed that. I didn't. No one told me or anything. All right, so noticed. we've gone way longer than we said we would. Um, it's not my. That's your fault. fault. I wanted to I wanted to rate the movie and end the show, and you wanted me to rattle off nominations. If you hadn't spent ten minutes on I aspect did not. ratios, we would have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, look for our other review show episodes. We're going to be reviewing the Oscars. Go to the Facebook page, 
um, for Movie Sucktastic. Uh, we'll be talking about the Oscars there and, and asking our listeners to uh, give their own um, what's what's the word predictions uh, predictions sure on the Oscars. I might even try to, to offer us a, a prize Ooh, for whoever gets the prize. best. Uh, I'm sure I got enough shit lying around here. I could give yeah. something away. We might have to do something like that. Just put a little kitty out there. We should. And, uh, uh, we should word. do a poll just simply for what do you think will win Best Picture with the eight nominees, and just throw that out. You know, just Good throw idea. that on our, our Facebook page and have people vote on that. Which we're getting a, a ton of new likes anyway, recently, which is go? awesome. So we got some new listeners. Where else can we uh, people find out? Ah, well, you can go to our website first of all at moviesucktastic.com. Uh, you can you can catch us live every week if live stream isn't trying to uh, destroy my computer, uh, and it's moviesucktastic.com. Uh, you can go to the live stream uh, uh, part of the site and watch us live every week. Uh, you can go to iTunes and you can listen to the show there. Uh, you can download that to your favorite streaming device. You can also go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviesucktastic. Um, you can then go to our Tumblr page at moviesucktastic.tumblr.com. Uh, and then you could also uh, get the a- Android app for your uh, smartphone or tablet. You can listen to the show that way. You can check out the merchandise. You can, you know, you can just do about everything uh, that you can do on our website through there. It's actually, in my opinion, right now, since I haven't redone the website, easier. So go ahead and get the free app for your phone or tablet. Uh, You won't be sorry. It's completely free, and it's a ton of fun. So, and that's it. Oh, you can also do a search for us in your favorite search engine. Scott likes Google. Google it. uh, Google it. You'll find us that way. Just do a search for Movie Sucktastic. And that's about it. So what say you? Any wisdom? Whores and whiskey. <laughs> All right. Why not, right? You only live once. All right, everybody. We'll talk <laughs> to you next week. Bye. Bye. Or, or, or in a couple minutes if you listen uh, to these yeah, when we record true. them. <laughs>